From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages, welcome again to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And as our very lovely announcer just said, I am Jerry Brooks, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, also your tour guide through the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America, and the clueless American left. My friends, we are 20 days away, 20 very important days away from the midterms. And yes, things are not going well in Bidenville. No, no, no. The land of Biden, the land of the American left, is looking more and more, well, it's just a mess. I will... I'll just simply leave it at that. But before we get into today's fun, as always, I encourage people, send us email at inblackandright at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, inblackandright.net. We're going to be doing some work over the weekend to uh, update it, uh, some new things that we'd like to bring into play. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, it, it's going to be fun, really. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Uh, we have another Trump rally, this time in the Lone Star State of Texas, um, where right now Greg Abbott is about eight points ahead in the most recent polling against Beto the Bozo O'Rourke, uh, I, I'm, which is nice to know, but not exactly sure why President Trump chose Texas uh, for this rally because Texas is doing pretty well, but uh, they feel that they need to. But I'm really hoping he doesn't forget Georgia because that's going to be a big one as well. Not just Pennsylvania, not just Wisconsin or Nevada and Arizona. Uh, but that's okay. That's totally okay. It still gives me plenty to do. But I'm also very uh, happy to announce that uh, tomorrow uh, I will be doing the show on the road on location in Tallahassee, Florida, the capital of the beautiful free state of Florida. And uh, we will be on the campus of Florida State University. Uh, looks like yeah, uh, Turning Point USA is doing one of their great campus rallies at Florida State tomorrow. Uh, Charlie Kirk, it, the organization's founder, is expected to come and speak, and I'm not sure if I'll even have a chance to meet Charlie, but it would be great if, it, if I could, but I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't. The man, the man is busy, quite busy to be sure. Uh, Probably just get him in, he speaks, and he's out the door pretty quick. Because he also does a radio show and uh, a podcast and everything on Real America's Voice at noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. So that young man is pretty dang busy. He's kind of like an Energizer bunny of sorts. But 
I'm looking forward to being there, uh, going to really my first Turning Point USA event. Uh, they make they do great ones. Uh, they had a student action summit during the summer down in Tampa. Uh, their huge Mondo huge AmeriFest America Fest is coming in mid December uh, at their headquarters. Well, maybe not their headquarters, but they are headquartered in Phoenix, and they're going to be right in downtown at the uh, convention center. Expected fifteen thousand people coming. I'm like, wow. I mean, I'd certainly love to go, but this year, eh, I'll just have to wait until they bring a, an event closer uh, closer to Florida. But folks, I'll tell you, this is going to be the most busy and the most intriguing uh, 20 days that I've had in my entire media career. Uh, it's definitely going to be fun, though. It will not be boring, and... We've got a lot of stuff going on here in Florida uh, for local elections and so forth. But I'll tell you, I'm watching, the, I'm, I'm looking through my usual bunch of news. And, oh my goodness, Arizona once again, top of the headlines. And, oh man, oh man, uh, Just the News, one of the best news websites out there. I love it. I don't do any kind of show prep without it. But it this is hilarious. It's pathetic, but it's also hilarious. The headline is reading and it was the story was written by uh, Joseph Weber, part of the Just the News team. And, and I love it. In Black Eye for Katie Hobbs, Arizona mails thousands of incorrect ballots. I thought, wait a minute, what? Now, for those of you who may not recognize the name Katie Hobbs, now she is running for governor as a Democrat for uh, Democrat in Arizona, but she's also the Secretary of State currently for Arizona. And I thought, oh man, this is just nutty and sad. I mean, if the election wasn't so serious, I could actually get a really good chuckle out of this. I really could, but I love the, uh, also the little sub-headline, Arizona GOP gubernatorial nominee Carrie Lake has called on Democrat rival Hobbs to step aside from overseeing the midterms while on the ballot. <laughs> and frankly, I think that makes perfect sense. Katie Hobbs is not exactly the brightest bulb uh, in the socket, or the sharpest knife in the drawer. Case in point, before this fiasco, Katie Hobbs, as Secretary of State, uh, before the Arizona primary that took place on August 2nd, Pinal County, which is a neighboring county uh, to Maricopa, where Phoenix is, they had a humongous problem uh, even before the primary, uh, with ballots. Now, Pinal County sent out tens of thousands of ballots to its residents, but before the Arizona primary, there were names that were not on the ballot for Pinal County. Local 
races, uh, city council races, county commission races, they weren't on there. They weren't on the ballots. So in a really haphazard attempt to uh, fix the problem, Pinal County, uh, let's see, yeah, they, Pinal County, just before the Arizona primary, uh, printed some 60,000 plus ballots for the residents of, uh, of the county with specifically the, uh, the, the names and the races that were for more local and county seats on that ballot. So the, it was a supplemental ballot. And that was bad enough. Well, on the day of the Arizona primary, again, Pinal County apparently somehow ran out of Republican-only ballots on primary day. That, ladies and gentlemen, is straight-up inexcusable. Totally inexcusable. And yet, I mean, it was so bad there in Pinal County, the county sheriff, Mark Lamb, and his office had to get involved securing the ballots. The county uh, clerk, uh, the county election clerk, was fired for severe incompetence, and someone else had to be appointed to take the spot of the county recorder, I believe, and to get to sort out this mess. I mean, it's bad when you have to have your county sheriff come in, secure the ballots, and get involved in an election because your county election supervisor was a doofus. That's pretty bad. Katie and Katie Hobbs had to be overseeing this. She was in charge. She's the one who had to give a yay or a nay to Pinal County with these ballots, and now you add insult to injury. I mean, she looks like a total dork. I'm looking at the story. <laughs> Woo. I, I love this. The story by Just the News. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, a Democrat now running for governor, is acknowledging that as many as 6,000 voters got a mail ballot only with federal races. Federal races. Oh, I mean, hello? No state races, no county races, local stuff. I'm like, this woman is a walking goofball. This is not the first time her office has done this. And yet the people of Arizona in a governor's race that is pretty much neck and neck. It's real tight out there in Arizona. Um, but Cary Lake is ahead in some of the latest polling by about three, maybe four points. But still, that is an absolute inexcusable thing that Katie Hobbs did. <laughs> and it's really hilarious. I'm, I'm reading more about this story in just the news, but you'll love this. Hobbs, whose campaign is staked largely on defending the integrity of the 2020 elections, said Tuesday the mistake was a result of a database glitch. 
Katie, honey, you're racist and you're pathetic. A database glitch? Isn't that up to your office to prevent this type of stuff from happening? 6,000 people got a mail-in ballot with only federal races? <laughs> oh, unbelievable. She also said affected voters will receive the correct ballot shortly. Duh. They shouldn't have to have the correct ballot sent to them after they screwed it up the first time. They shouldn't have to go through this. Now, Carrie Lake, the Arizona Republican gubernatorial nominee, who has made concerns about the voting irregularities and fraud, a centerpiece of her campaign, has called on Hobbs to step aside from overseeing the midterms while she's on the ballot. The Hobbs Lake race is essentially deadlocked, according to the most real clear politics average. Hobbs said also Tuesday that the problem impacted less than a quarter of 1% of voters and that the database problem has been corrected. So what? Big freaking deal, Katie. Kaka Katie. Yeah, Kaka communist. We hey. Look, Arizona is an important state. You're running to be its governor, but you are currently holding the position of Secretary of State. These are inexcusable, period. Because all you're doing is giving ammo to Carrie Lake to say, hey, excuse me, how can this happen? Hmm? How? I mean, 20 days out before an election? a major midterm election on which she is on the ballot running for governor? That's inexcusable. That is just straight up inexcusable. Now, interesting, here in beautiful free Florida, we don't really have that kind of problem down here. We haven't. And we have more people here than in the state of Arizona. This is what just blows my mind. You have states like Arizona, states like Oregon, Nevada, very Oregon and Nevada, Washington are very blue states. And yet, you know, they seem to think that, oh, mail vote by mail is no problem. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Tell me another bedtime story, Mom. <clears throat> no. Florida. 22 million people covering two time zones, Central Time out in the Panhandle, Eastern Time, the rest of the state. On, in 2020, all the ballots in Florida were done before midnight Eastern Time. We could, Florida could call the race in before the end of the night, even with all of that. And they still called it. So, there, for a state like Arizona, that doesn't have as many people. I mean, this, this is just plain pathetic. And when now, because we've, Florida has done even more in the issue of election integrity, uh, all kinds of reforms, we now even have in the state of Florida, as of July uh, of this year, 
we have a specific unit that is that investigates any allegations of voter irregularities or any type of voter fraud. Wow. I mean, this is just the thing that really blows my mind. <laughs> it's like, but it only, you know, and, and here's Katie Hobbs pathetically, well, it impacted less than a quarter of 1% of voters and that the database problem's been corrected. I said, interesting, in Maricopa County, 10, the, the race for president in 2020 was decided by some 10,000 votes, or less than 10,000 votes. And then, of course, came the famous audit. I said, no, sorry, uh-uh, I am, this is not acceptable, Katie. It's just not acceptable, period. I mean, it's just like, ugh. I don't know how you even look at yourself in the morning or if you even do, because that's just wrong. That's pathetic. Because if you're finding problems with your database now, less than three weeks before an election, it's like, honey, you got problems. You needed to address this issue long before now. And yeah, all it's going to do is cast a cloud over your gubernatorial bid. And it's going to make people wonder. It's like, well, here we go again. Here we go again. We've got these problems and these irregularities, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how can, in a, I used to live in Phoenix. It's one of the top 10 most populous cities in the country. How in the hell do you get, do you make a mistake like this? I mean, Arizona isn't a really dinky state, but it's not, it's not like Florida as far as population. I, I don't know how you do it, Katie, but whatever you're doing, uh, it needs to stop and it needs to stop in a hurry. That's all I'm going to say on that. And of course, now that we have election integrity issues, let's go to the economy, shall we? Another great story. That's going to be really fun for all you homeowners. Mortgage rates hit 20-year high. The Weekly Mortgage Bankers Association report also shows mortgage applications decreased 4.5% compared to the previous week. Hmm, I wonder why. Well, now, the it, another story... Uh, gosh, this Joseph Weber at Just the News, that man's got to be really tired. He's working on some great stuff. And this is the type of thing that I can assure you, Biden, the Democrats, and the mainstream media absolutely hate. Absolutely hate. And we still, I don't believe, have the third quarter GDP numbers, gross domestic product. Do we have another slowdown in the economy? Hmm, let's find out, shall we? But right now, for anybody, and it's really crazy because if you happen to live in one of the blue city, uh, well, pretty much hell holes, like Seattle or Portland, Oregon, this is not good news for you. Because if you want to move your family 
to a safer part of town, a safer neighborhood, it's, go it's very cost prohibitive because right now, as of the weekly report by the Mortgage Bankers Association, the, the rate for a 30-year, an average 30-year fixed rate mortgage is now 6.94% in the week ending October 14th, the highest level since 2002. This doesn't help. This is, does not help because according to uh, the association, mortgage applications are now into their fourth month of declines, dropping to the lowest level since 1997, quote unquote, from Joel Kahn, the Association of Mortgage Bankers Vice President and their chief, uh, Deputy Chief Economist. Oh, oh, oh yeah, this is a hoot. This is an absolute straight-up hoot. Now, you want to buy a home right now, or if you want to try to refinance, the, the rates are not in your favor. It's awful. You're not going to get really as much, if any, uh, money out of your home. If you're trying to buy a new home, your old home may not be as worth as much as it used to be. And if you do try to get, uh, if you're maybe a first-time home buyer, uh, yeah, do you really want to try to get a mortgage for your for a home at dang near 7%? And there's no sign that the interest rates are not, they're not, there's no sign they're going to slow down or stop. There's no signs right now. So it's, you know, to either try to buy a home, refinance your home, or anything of that nature, it's going to be a big, very expensive, and very ugly bear. Period. I'm like, wow, this is something that is not, uh, <laughs> it's not helping. It's not helping the Democrats for the midterms. Nope. It's just one more nail in the coffin for Joe Biden and the Democrats because this is not, this is not going to help. It is so not going to help you. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. And, you know, and this is why, watch out, folks. I've warned this, I've warned, I've warned people of this before. After the election is over and Congress is in its uh, lame duck session, oh baby, you're going to deal, you're going to see a huge, mondo huge spending orgy. I mean, it's going to be just like pornographic, the amount of spending that they want to push through. Any last sort of scorched earth that they want to do to the American people. Oh, man. Just watch out for it. I, if it happens, I won't be surprised. I'll be more surprised if it doesn't happen. Because right now, Kevin McCarthy is... If, if November 8th goes the way that Kevin McCarthy thinks it will, and he's going to have... Uh, he's going he's gonna to have to deal with some... a, a huge MAGA contingent. I believe. I mean, you take the MAGA candidates, bring them in, either they form their own caucus, or 
they connect and join the freedom the house freedom caucus that's going to be a very powerful voting block it's going to be a huge voting block and it's probably going to drive kevin mccarthy off of his rocker if he wants to be speaker but if but the thing that kevin mccarthy has to be careful of if he's going to be more like uh Paul Ryan 2.0, or maybe he's going to pretty much be toasted in 24. He's, he's going to have all kinds of problems. The, <laughs> the thing that, uh, if Kevin McCarthy is smart, he needs to basically talk to Newt Gingrich because we need another Newt Gingrich not another Paul Ryan. We don't. The country cannot afford it literally or figuratively. It just can't do it. So, yeah, this is going to be real fun uh, to watch what happens November 8th. And once again, folks, I simply tell you this. November the 8th is just the beginning. That is phase one of how we get this country to make some sense and we get it back. Now, if you happen to know people that are woke, progressive, or whatever, and they don't like what happened happens on November 8th, well, suck it up, buttercup. You need to cowboy up and face the fact that <clears throat> uh, your people screwed up. They were idiots. They don't have what it takes. We cannot afford weakness. Not with so much going on, not just in the United States, but all over the world. I mean, Putin has declared martial law in the annexed regions of the Ukraine that Russia took. That is not a good sign. Also not a good sign that Russia, the Russian army, are taking people off the streets they're going into homeless shelters. They're picking up people to go and fight in the Ukraine that don't want to. I mean, this is not a good sign either. So, yeah. So, for all you progressives and woke folks, and I'm talking even the Christians too, suck it up. You screwed the pooch bad enough, and now it's our turn for the adults to run the place, not the inmates running the asylum. But, but one last thing that I definitely got to throw in here. Now, Hurricane Ian hit the South Gulf Coast pretty bad. Really bad. And even the barrier islands, like Pine Island, Sanibel Island, I mean, they're going to have to go through a whole lot of rebuilding. But there is some good news. As of today, the Sanibel Causeway Bridge that it was pretty it was pretty well damaged. It, it really it really was and and it was awful. So once again, Governor DeSantis shows up and boom, he puts together a team with the Florida Department of Transportation and some other folks 
And as of this morning, the Sanibel Causeway has reopened to civilian traffic three weeks after Hurricane Ian hit the island. Wow. Three weeks. Three weeks to get that to get the bridge rebuilt, fix the repairs, and make it safe enough for traffic. That, ladies and gentlemen, should tell every single solitary DeSantis hater, Democrat, and even Chris supporters who really wanted DeSantis to do badly, which is pretty sick. But, nope. Nope. He got the job done. It's opened ahead of schedule. It was supposed to be done by October 21st, which is this Friday. It's open today. Two days early, uh, two days earlier than was originally expected. So yes, it is repaired enough, at least temporarily, enough for traffic to get to the island. I'm like, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, that's leadership. That is absolute leadership. It is amazing what, I mean, you're talking three weeks after a Cat 4 hurricane comes and damages your bridge? You, you work and you, you got it open three weeks later? I mean, most places it would take, gosh, months even to repair a bridge like that. But we have Ron DeSantis, the governor of the free state of Florida, with an ambitious agenda, working together with the Florida Department of Transportation and other folks, they got the job done. This is what leadership looks like, people. This is why Florida has got so many people, 800, 900 people a day moving down here. So if you got a blue state and you've got a blue governor, uh, this is how you get stuff done. You know, so for the folks out there in the uh, on Sanibel Island, which is from what I see, a, know of, it's a beautiful place. I have never been to that particular part of Florida, but from what I've seen in pictures and so forth, it's a beautiful place. And yes, this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you have the right governor with the right mindset. I mean, he, it's not three weeks Three weeks after a Cat 4, and you get a bridge back up and running for civilian traffic. You have over 2 plus million people without power, and power's back. Power's back, and it didn't take forever in a dog's age. No, no, no. It did not take forever. It took a few days, yes. Maybe even a week, but every day after the storm left, the army of utility crews went to work. And now, power is restored pretty much to all of Florida. There might be little bits and pieces, uh, you know, like Sanibel Island or Pine Island, that may not have power, but everybody on the mainland does. And it didn't take that long. So, thank goodness for Governor DeSantis and his leadership. 
This is why even odds makers, <laughs> odds makers, you know, this is not, you know, Vegas or somewhere. You know, they're betting on DeSantis and boy, heavy money going to him that he, and he's already got a double digit lead in the most recent polling. So my friends, take a look. All you, all you blue state governors, take a look and see how things happen in the middle of an emergency. So, thank goodness for those folks out there on, on Sanibel Island. And so now they can get uh, all they need. They can get supplies from the mainland. They can get people in there, utility crews, the, uh, the National Guard to get food and water and other supplies in there. Right there. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, my friends, you take care. It looks like by the clock on the wall I'm done for the day so right now I just want to say thanks again for listening if you want to uh, catch all of our previous episodes on audio uh, simply go to your favorite podcast platform we're on all of them big small and in between uh, just look for my name Jerry Brooks or you just look for in black and right uh, make sure you use an ampersand, not the word A-N-D. Uh, it, it makes it easier to find. Look for our flaming microphone, and you're in the right place. Tell your friends, share the information. We're going to have some fun. So, uh, tomorrow from Florida State University there in Tallahassee, uh, where we'll be on location, uh, take care. In the meantime, God bless everybody, and remember, patriots come in all colors. <laughs>